You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not a spoiler-free podcast, so make sure you've seen the movie or movies we're talking about before you listen. I'm one of your hosts, Rye. And I'm your other host, Chris, and Bongiorno. Rye, <laughs> what are we, what are we, uh, you're, okay, hold on. Uh, we're, we're, we are treading into uncharted territory, un, unmapped waters, whatever the term is. Uh, Ryan, you've been kind of on the edge of your seat, like, trying to ease me into this. What are we talking about today? Okay, we, we are finally, we're not dipping toes. We are diving into Italian horror, the beginning of Giallo, if you will. I'm stoked. I feel like for, like, the three years we've been doing this, I've been talking about Italian horror. We have been talking about it for three years. <laughs> we have been talking about this for three years. Oh. And, and now we can do it. And I am very fucking stoked. I'm also really scared because I don't... This is this is Chris's first uh, time doing Italian horror. I will bear the lead. I will bear the lead. I, I quite enjoy these movies. So pod, podcast is over. Okay, podcast I'm is glad. over. Woo! We don't Woo! have to record Yay! anymore. <laughs> we can go home. Um, right. So that's why, because I didn't want to dive him straight into Argento and Suspiria and all that good shit. I wanted to ease him into it. So we're starting with Mario Bava and we are starting with 1960s Black Sunday and 1964's Blood and Black Lace. Oh, oh, question. Teacher, teacher. I'm raising my hand. Uh, th- this is, this is an audio medium, but I'm raising my hand. Uh, I'm on culture. I am on culture swine. Please tell me what what, what Giallo is and what and Giallo is. <laughs> Giallo, <laughs> I, can, I can't even pronounce it right. Giallo, is that how you say? It? Oh yeah, how wait. Giallo, Giallo, Giallo. We have, we have to cut this out. I'm, I'm offending all of Italy right now. We're not trying to offend the Italians right now. Please don't come after me. Um, I only took a year of Italian. I took ten years of French. Uh, I am uncultured swine. Please don't come after me for my shitty Italian. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than mine. <laughs> so, technically, of the two Bava movies that we are covering today, one could argue that 1964's uh, Blood and Black Lace was sort of like the beginning of the giallo genre. Or, uh, I saw this term, and I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. They called it a spaghetti slasher. Wait, so wait, wait I, sorry, tangent. How do you feel about the term spaghetti western? I'm fine with that, but I don't, there was just something about like spaghetti slash. I was like, what? I'd never heard it before. I'm not sure if I like it. I prefer to call it giallo if that's what it is. Yes, I realize I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Please don't come after my head. I literally only took one year of Italian. I realize there is a theory that says all romance languages sound the same. Not if you can't fucking speak them, they don't. So, (laughs) that being said, a giallo film is a very stylish but very violent crime thriller that comes out of Italy. Um, It is very gory, very gory and uh, creepy visuals. Um, The gore is the similarities to the slasher movies that you... that 
have that association with the genre um, and sort of make it that whole, I would call it a subgenre of horror. Um, Giallo, I think, also coined the term because a lot of the Giallo movies have this, like, air of mystery and thriller around them. And there were mystery crime books in Italy that had yellow covers. And yellow is, uh, I think, is giallo in, in Italian. So that's sort of where they came up with, all, they took all of that from. Um, giallo takes, it's a combination of these very common like movie tropes from the 30s. And they combine it with like 50s and 60s English hammer horror and the beautiful mystery of Italian thrillers. And there is the genre of giallo. And it is dramatic and violent and I love it. I think I really enjoyed these two films. Oh, well, both of them. I, I enjoyed both of them. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, Black and Black... Oh my god. I enjoyed Blood and Black Lace in particular cuz like uh I think a, 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 Italian is a beautiful language and um so I really I really liked how the movie felt on my ears like the delivery I, I know it's also like I don't know I don't have an ear for languages so for all I know it, this could be really badly dubbed Italian but but I I enjoyed it. It is a thing. It is a thing with Italian horror. It's all dubbed. Um, some of it is dubbed better than others. I feel like there are parts of Black Sunday where it's really obvious and it kind of like throws you off for a bit. But I remember um, when Tom was in the room while I was watching Blood and Black Lace and he's standing there watching the movie. He doesn't want to sit down and watch it with me. He's standing there watching the movie. And he goes, question. I go, yeah. He goes, why is this dubbed? <laughs> <laughs> like it is a very yeah. big part of that is also a very big part of the genre is the bad dubbing and i don't think it detracts from it i mean blood yeah. black lace is dubbed but it's dubbed in italian so like you still have to watch it with subtitles unless you speak fluent italian which i love i i watch everything subtitles and also uh, for me i grew up watching badly dubbed like chinese like hong kong cinema hong kong martial arts cinema film so like this is great it's like i loved it like it had like this nice nostalgic type of charm although just in a different culture in a different language but again i love italian um and i think the second thing i really appreciated that i didn't i didn't really go into both of these movies or just giallo with a lot of preliminary research or homework. It's just like, I'm just going to dive in. And uh, uh, I really enjoyed... Black Sunday had definitely had mystery elements to it, but like it was much more apparent in Blood and Black Lace. And I just, I loved, I loved like the mystery th thriller, like whodunit stuff. Like, like I, I eat that shit up. I love like a good mystery story. I love being surprised. I love like, you know, being led around in circles. I think it's a very enjoyable experience. And I think the last reason I really enjoyed this movie in particular, because um, it, it's kind of like, you know, like an Ouroboros snake eating its own tail kind of thing. But like this film had a huge influence on American slasher film genre. And I, I'm quite a big fan of slashers, you know, and we, we've done so many slasher films on this podcast. Um, so 
Ah. Like gothic horror. Yep. Yeah. So, so Black Sunday from 1960 was more the horror element of all of it. Yeah, it was still very much in the gothic horror. It allowed Bava to explore like moral and religious themes that was very much like the height of Italian horror. You really get into the giallo part of it all with that mystery, sex and violence aspect. That is what it, that is giallo, like in a nutshell. The very like TLDR version is, that's what it is. And you don't really start to see that until 1964 with Blood and Black Lace and some of his other ones that, that are in there. But there is an argument to be made that Blood and Black Lace was like one of the first uh, of the giallo genre. And then there was a whole, I mean, Bava did an incredible amount of film after that, but because Bava did Blood and Black Lace and sort of opened this door, that's why you have Dario Argento doing Suspiria. And that's why all of those other movies, that's why we have Suspiria without, and that's why we haven't just dove right into Suspiria because I feel like it would be doing a disservice to Italian horror and Mario Bava and these movies, because without Bava and what he did, you don't have Dario Argento doing Suspiria. I'll take your opinion. Like, you're the professional. I, I, <laughs> I'm just nodding my head. It doesn't make for good audio. I'm just nodding my head. Okay, this tracks. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Spoiler alert. We are going to do Suspiria next. Um, we're going to actually do the entirety of the three, mo the Mother's Trilogy, the uh, Mother of Tears Trilogy. But I wanted Suspiria to sort of be on its own following us doing two Baba movies because I thought that that was a better way to sort of go about it and then that way we can talk about that get all of that done and we can then sort of sprinkle more italian horror in as we go on now that we've cracked the surface and we've sort of done all of this italy italy went through the ringer in terms of of horror there's a reason why they're sort of like delayed in that respect so hammer horror was already around in like the 50s and 60s and italy was late to the game and there's a reason for that his name was Mussolini, and when he came into power, he very much stunted the horror genre of Italy because Italy ha was on track to go with horror. They they turned to horror very early. I think the, or as early as I think about nineteen oh seven. That's a lot earlier than I would expect i thought like i was thinking like we have 1920s 1930s but like 1907 wow and there are a couple of films that you can find earlier than the 1920s but most if not all of them have either been lost or destroyed because of mussolini you can sort of find titles here and there like there's l'inferno from 1911 there's satanic rhapsody from 1917 and there's Massiste in hell from 1925 i've never seen them I've heard the titles before. I'm sure there's a reason. Mussolini would be uh, a reason for that. He had a very specific idea as to what he wanted Italian cinema to be. And for him, it was all these epics and these like long religious stories and these big epic dramatic stories. And that's what Italian cinema was. So that's why you watch Hammer Horror sort of th pa pass right over Italy in that respect. Between Mussolini getting out of power and us getting to Mario Bava, Bava worked on some of those 
epics like uncredited or credited he did work on those you know after that it was just sort of building themselves back up and getting themselves back on on pace which is why you see sort of this gothic horror aspect to everything and then you see that switch where it sort of feels like very like late 60s early 70s american slasher movies and he i think the best example for like the first modern italian horror film after and i believe bava worked on it that came after the fall of mussolini was e vampiri is that a vampire film because like is. vampiri okay yes. cool cool rudimentary and... italian at work oh yeah and it sold this notion of the extremity and ambivalence toward women like the obsession with their looks and the sheer terror from men that their that the power of their beauty like held over them which is why which is a thing that you can sort of see in Italian horror everything is very like look centric and everything is about like their beauty and their face and their this and their that and that's that's part of that's where that comes from interesting but like the genre really came into its own with 1960s black sunday by mario bava yeah and uh so you know circling back to uh hammer horror films or hammer film productions uh, i believe how it went the current the current uh production company that this film was filmed under was a galatea jolly film and the president at the time allowed Bava to make a foreign film to like tap into that international film market. And Terrence Fisher's version of Dracula was pretty recent, like two years before the release of Black Sunday. Um, and so they they did their own version of this gothic horror vampire witch story. It's been forever since I've seen like Dracula. Like, so I didn't know. I didn't. So I don't have the the visual or like the 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 visual language to know if this movie felt truly unique or was it did it feel more like a like a like a a, a solid ripoff or of of Hammer's Dracula? I I mean I I just my brain's blanking right now honestly. It didn't feel like a ripoff so much as it definitely felt like. I'm going to take pieces from this that I already know work to sort of like lay the groundwork for the stuff that I want to do kind of thing. Like we know it works. We know it'll move and then it, we can use it as a stepping stone to sort of like really further the genre. That's what it felt like to me. And I think that's exactly what it did because by the time you get to Blood and Black Lace, it's a, it's, it's a very different, especially stylistically, it's a very different movie. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, so I watched these movies in reverse. So I watched... You watched Blood and Black Lace first? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it first. And I watched Black Sunday. I liked Black Sunday. But, like, Blood and Black Lace felt clearly superior in, in terms of, like, the approach to cinematography and the approach to, like... I, I guess, like, it, I, th I felt like in Blood and Black Lace, like, the, the, the types of shots they were using and... It just felt more mature and more bold and more experimental. Not to say that like Black Sundays um, w wasn't that. Uh, I felt like Black Sunday was watching it. it. This was like a younger Bava just trying to feel stuff out, see st some stuff worked or not. And, you know, there was some stuff like that 
extremely worked well. Like Black Sunday visuals are really striking because it really emphasizes, it really takes advantage of like this chiaroscuro type of filming where it really takes advantage of like the blacks and whites and the shadows and like the negative space of all that and like to create like tension, which is so cool. I love that. And think about, think about in 1960, doing Black Sunday and using all of that and comparing it to something like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari from 1920. Like they did that in 1960. Like think about the gap that they are now rush almost like almost like rushing to close because they were on track to becoming like they could have been hammer horror if Mussolini hadn't come to power. Like realistically speaking. And I think that that really shows because between 1960 and 1964 like yeah. you just the progression is unfucking real after black sunday when it comes to getting italian horror back on track to where it should have been this entire time and he the creation of the giallo i think really helped escalate it and take it to another level and i'll get into this later but there is an argument to be made that we have modern american giallo movies oh interesting mm-hmm. cool 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 which we wouldn't have had without this so we'll get into that though especially after we watch suspiria we will i will name drop the two that i have seen run around as like the american modern equivalent of the giallo film and i'm curious as to how you feel about it because one of the movies we covered on this podcast so let's i think we, we jumped ahead a little bit but so let's scale it back let's talk about Black Sunday. Uh, so I have an official synopsis over here. Let's go with this one. A vengeful witch and her fiendish servant return from the grave and begin a bloody campaign to possess the body of the witch's beautiful look-alike descendant with only the girl's brother and a handsome doctor standing in her way. And then I also have an alternate one. So let's try this one. In the 17th century in Moldovia, Princess Asa Vaja and her lover, Judovich are killed by the local population accused of witchcraft. A mask of Satan is attached to their faces. Princess Asa curses her brother, promising revenge to his descendants. The body of Javutovich is buried outside the cemetery, and the coffin of Princess Asa is placed in the family's tomb with a cross over it for protection. 200 years later, Professor Thomas Krujevan and assistant Dr. Andrei Gorobek are going to a congress in Russia, and they accidentally find the tomb. Dr. Thomas breaks the cross, releasing the evil witch. When they are leaving the place, Dr. Andrei meets Princess, uh, Princess Katya, Vaja, descendant of the Princess Asha, and falls in love with her. Meanwhile, Katya is threatened by the witch who wants to use her body to live again. So a much more spoilerly, comprehensive synopsis. I found the first one lacking. But yeah, that's the plot in the movie. I realized you watched these backwards. Yes. How did you feel watching something, knowing the amount of knowing the amount of horror movies that we've already covered, even thinking about something like The Wicker Man and 90s Dracula and some of the slasher movies that we've already covered. You're watching this in 1960, and I know we've already covered some 1960s movies in this. How did you feel watching that? Did you feel like it like you had sort of seen it already. I feel like, uh, I mean, like we, we've talked, we talked at length, like two hours before actually recording this. We talked so much about, va- about vampires. So like vampires, vampires are, are like clearly one of my top fave, you know, like cryptid mythology, folklore type of monsters. So when watching this, you know, I, I, I felt like my brain was already like pre- predisposed with a lot of like tropes and and 
common things I've seen just like inundated over time with consuming so much vampire media and what is you know pretty what's the standard in like the collective consciousness of like what it is to be a vampire or or what constitutes like vampire fiction but when i was watching this like i i found like there i felt that this was like a new spin on on like vampire lore and where like it, it it mixes like classic gothic horror tropes and creatures and like uh and when you're looking at a bigger level like symbols like you have you have like the vampire you have the witch and you have the ghost and you just it cramps it all together and like this new synthesis where uh i felt like it was a i felt like i haven't seen like a vampire story like this before i mean there's like certain analogs which felt familiar but i think that's it's hard to escape like like you had the priest who is this knowledgeable tutor like figure like sort of like a Van Helsing who's obviously like more equipped than anyone else to inform the audience of how these forces of darkness work and how they act as supporting cast and pillars of strength and 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 for the main characters so they're I mean so like the priest he's like your stand in like you know, Van Helsing type of character. All in all, like, uh, a lot of this movie felt really new. I, I don't know if that was just a, a matter of Bava's per- personal sensibilities or maybe they're trying to distance di- distance themselves from the Hammer film at the time. But I, I, I thought it was so cool. Like, that, like, it... It's it involved as like this witch. You had, like, these still prescient, like, religious undertones of... Uh, um, like the in the Inquisition scene, like I felt like I've seen like so much of that Inquisition scene in other media, but like this felt like the progenitor of all that. And I feel like I, I, I when I was reading through, I, I, I was, it turned out I was correct. Like that initial Inquisition, like burner at the stake scene, was has been like a huge influence on pop culture since then. I don't know, I'm kind of rambling right now. I don't know, I, 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 the tropes felt familiar, but like the the work itself just felt really new and interesting. And it didn't, it, it really didn't feel like a, a Dracula ripoff to me. It just felt like, like you have the idea of a bloodsucker and you give it to two different people and... This is what what one of them came up with, and I, I really appreciated Bava's vision on that. And like we've seen this time and time again, like there are certain types of movie genres that you know that just cycle up, and sometimes two movies oh yeah come out in the same time that happen to like be like technically the same movies subject matter but radically different like you know remember like the early or like i guess like the mid 90s where like asteroid movies were all the things so you had like deep impact and then armageddon and you know yeah and like uh space cowboys you know but yeah i don't know i i think i i i i genuinely was surprised uh at black sunday like at and at, 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 like its scale and its vision um it, it, it felt like an unpolished bava there are certain things that i couldn't i could i could be forgiving of because it, this was made like you know over what 50 60 years ago uh but there's like certain things were like okay i don't know if that was purposeful or maybe they ran out of budget like for example there was like one like the final fight scene between um Jadovich and um 
Andre, like, like it, it felt like it felt like a really badly choreographed Batman sixty six fight scene, and there was no music and no sound effects. Like, what happened? Like, where's where? Did you run out of budget for the for the sound design on this fight scene? But like, that was like a very small moment. But like, overall, I did enjoy Black Sunday. I I will say that it is a common trope for this particular sub this particular genre of horror. Um, for there not to be a ton of character development for any of this, it's more about, like, the style and the visuals. <laughs> so if there's anything, like, character-wise that you thought was lacking, I, I, it's, it's on purpose, but it's not on purpose. It's, like, a product of the genre. I think the characters were, were, were simple enough that you got their vibe instantly. And like, and I, 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 and I think like with it, with it being gothic horror, I think like the larger character as play is the environment. It is the castle. It is like the, the Satan. Satan's like the the true villain, the true antagonist of the story. So like, I wasn't like I, I didn't have a lot of problems with with the care with the characters, because like I think uh, you're right. I I was very taken by like like the. Like the the moody the moody shots of like the graveyard and the forest and how it was that like it created like this really tense um, scary mood and I think it I think the set design and the cinematography set up what to do so to try to emulate like these classic gothic uh, types of imagery I mean even even like I I know Katya in particular like. She is this damsel in distress. Like I know the the she like one too many times she just fainted out of like, you know, like um too much too much excitement or just like or just but like they're they're literal monsters and vampires and witches here. So like, I yeah that's so, that's fine. But like uh and like so I wasn't I wasn't being t- too overly critical about the characters um or the development. Honestly, I thought they're they. I thought they were fine. I thought they established what they needed to do. They they played their parts well, and then I think they to me what what was more important is how the characters were reacting uh, and moving about the space to keep up the 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 dread, keep up the horror. Like yeah, it, like uh, I thought I thought it accomplished that well. I think where it differs from the gothic horror that we see and i think that this is very much because it's coming from an italian perspective and not us so much or not britain so much um i think the difference between this and gothic horror as we understand it and we know it is it starts off when you think of gothic horror like dracula it especially when you watch the 90s version it starts off with a little bit of tra like it feels like very tragic and gloomy at the beginning this has a violent beginning, which is different, and it rattles things, and it, it, it creates visceral imagery that sort of puts you at a certain point while you watch the rest of this movie. You encounter, in the first three to five minutes of the film, it's very, for especially for the time, quite violent before you even see a title card, before you even, you know, have an intro into the movie. Someone's getting branded and and getting a, a a face mask. This is in the '60s. Like like, yeah. Like I I was like, to us this is tame, but like in the '60s, it's wild. Right, it's fucking wild, and 
it must have been quite jarring for them. And I think that that says something about, you know, the difference between how you start off gothic horror for them and gothic horror for us. The way the film had progressed and, and then the way Bava decided to translate that progression, like, on screen to sort of, like, get them back on track with everything. It's like, you're not gonna go through this, like, roman overly romanticized, dark, broody, sort of, like, uh, tragic love story that is a little bit horrifying, elements of supernatural and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. You're gonna start off violent and bloody and there's gonna and and it just keeps going from there then he packs on the religious themes and the supernatural themes and you can see him barring from all this stuff but this very much felt like it's it was responsible for getting them back on track and perfect pacing perfect size like perfect length of movie it was like yeah. an hour and 26 minutes yeah and i felt like the story never Lingered too long or dragged out certain stuff. Like that know, is all... that is one thing that I think that Italian horror sort of has for it is there are parts where it is not dragged out the way Americans would drag something out. Everything seems like very quick to the point. Like this is this, this is this, this is this. Um, when you get to the things that get drawn out when it comes to Italian horror is the sex and the violence. It's not anything necessarily to do with like plot where I think for us, we would go into all of this unnecessary drawn out detail and exposition. They draw out the violence and that is the defining, that's the difference. Mm. That's like the and, defining and feature of yeah. this genre. And then for the sixties, like there's, there's a lot of great practical effects. Like, like that one particular shot where, what's his name? Uh, the doctor, the doctor gets thrown into the fireplace and it cuts to that shot of like his face melting in the fireplace. Like, uh, I'm not a practical effects type of person, but I was genuinely impressed. Like this looks really good for like a 50 year, 60 year old movie. This like, this look effects are solid. And, and I, and I do like coming from someone who like, who loves gore. Um, like I really appreciate like, like this movie, like I did not expect like the mask of Satan nails scene. It's like, I was like, this is metal as fuck. Hell yeah. I was, I was in it. And that's the beginning of the movie. That's how we start. That's where, that's the starting point. That's where we start from in this movie. So right off the bat, Bava is, is setting, is paving the way for something completely different. And I, again, like, I think there's a very big argument to be made that some of the more recent modern horror movies don't get made without Giallo film, don't get made without Bava doing all of this. Oddly enough, one of another one of Bava's films from 1966 called Kill Baby Kill, Martin Scorsese says that it's Bava's most accomplished film, that it has, like... These are highly valuable, like, images and motifs. That's Martin Scorsese saying that, and I'm sure he has borrowed from it. But there's also the start of, like, the violence and sexploitation aspect of Giallo um, that you start to see with Whip and Body from 1963, and then you get the sensual horror thriller that is known as Giallo movies with Blood and Black Lace in 1964. And that is the start of what giallo is like what 
you see after 1964 with Italian horror, what you see in Suspiria. It's sensationalism. It is uh, drama. It is color. It is eroticism. And then on top of all of that, it is pure insanity and paranoia. That is the giallo genre. And you definitely get that in Blood and Black Lace. Not too much. You get a lot of, like, religious trauma and 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 sensationalism from Black Sunday. But you really start to get into all of that with Blood and Black Lace in 1964. Let's let's jump into that. I cuz I loved I loved all I really hope you're going to like Suspiria. <laughs> that is If you liked Blood and Black Lace, it's not a far jump. We, we pushed back the recording, but I remember I was talking to Rye when I first loaded it up, and then I was telling her, I, I was like, uh, it was like, I was at the 15 minute mark, and I was like, I was telling her, I, I really love the opening credit scenes, like the music and like the creepy posing of the mannequins, and it's so unbelievably extra, but like, I'm, I'm digging it, I'm, I love it, so. Everything that I sort of really love with Italian horror is the way they use color and it is a mark for it is it is a mark for the genre and I love the way they use color everything from the mannequins to the eyeshadow to the red nail polish the red phones the neon lights like the weird creepy green like of like that of that of that studio with like the mass killer and that, that chasing oh so cool Everything about it is just saturated in this wonderful color, and it only gets better from there for me. I'm trying not to get my hopes up for the next episode when we dive into Argento, um, based on how Chris is reacting to Blood and Black Lace. I am hoping that he just keeps riding that high, because everything people sort of love about Italian horror is only because of, of Mario Bava. I know, th- I, I know that, I, and I don't want to stop here with Mario Bava. I definitely want to add more of his films to our docket. Um, I know A Bay of Blood, I believe A Bay of Blood is, ni- is in the 70s, I think. Um, that was one of his, one of the most violent films of his career. And Blood and Black Lace isn't exactly anything to, isn't anything to sneeze at. Like, it's pretty fucking violent. Yeah, I was also generally surprised, like, some of the violence. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, some of the more violent moments were, well, just, like, it's not... It's not gory, but I was shot where, 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 like, the mass killer just manhandles so many women, like, just slapping them back and forth. Like, oh, oh, this is happening. I wasn't expecting that. And then, like, there's, like, the very, very iconic scene where, what's her name? Tao, Tao Lee. She gets drowned and then she, post-mortem cuts her wrist. And I know... I know, like at least three or four directors like homage that death scene. I think I know. I know Martin Scorsese's one of them, but that was like a, I was like, oh, like, oh, this is happening too. Giallo, the the he Giallo is like a, a thing, sort of like forced the horror genre into this more like sexually dangerous territory. So that's where you find like a lot of the nudity and the sexploitation aspect of it and like this way over the top notion of you know the post-mortem additive of the wrist and all of that other stuff 
Bava uses like murder and murderers as his monsters in his movies instead of what we saw in like Black Sunday, which was a witch was his monster for the movie. This is murder. Uh, and that is that is a very common like theme that it's it, it, that is what this is. So, yeah. I just love this so much. I, I had this like very like out of body experience like, oh, is this the origin of the trope where uh, I forget? Oh, I forget which which lady it was. Um, there were there, there um, it was I think it was either the second or the third kill where um, the killer was chasing her and then just randomly pulls the blouse off her chest and like she's running around with like lingerie it's like oh is this like the first time we've seen this ever because like 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 am i seeing like slasher horror history like in the making right now like uh but it was like i was like okay so like i'm, I'm getting like like cinematic like uh like i don't know like a crash course like cinematic history because like it was so cool seeing like all these like little types of tricks and a little little types of tidbits that you definitely see more often, you know, like in the American slasher films. And it's like I, it feels like a a really awesome time capsule uh, to look at. And um, I don't know, I I, I really enjoyed Black Blood and Black Lace, and I, I'm curious, like, why why in why these two films in particular because like you, you met you name dropped a, a bunch of other bava films but why these two in particular i did so when it so when it comes to watching italian horror and specifically watching bava to start with these are the two films that i was pointed at and it's what I've read, like, as, like, the crash course or, like, the beginner of, like, for Bava or, like, beginners for Giallo. Like, if you're starting into it and you want to watch what a good example is before you get to everything else. Because the violence just increases after this. Everything increases after this. The color, the sexploitation, the violence. Everything is ramped up to, a, like, over 100 after this. That's really interesting. Cause like, I thought, I thought, I thought like Blood of Black Lace was pretty colorful and gory to begin with. And it it just it goes up from there. So that's why you start with. That's why when I was happy that someone was like, no, no, you want to start with this, because I know that I had watched Bava much like later, like after I had watched these two, and it's kind it's it's different jumping right in that way i didn't want to just jump you right in in case you hated it because then we would never get to suspiria and then we would never get to everything else but like after this i mean we could very easily from here go to kill baby kill and and a bay of blood like you're like we could just jump around after this but this is like you you've never watched italian horror before like this is the beginning because like i said everything just like it just ramps up from here it just goes i, I dig it i i loved everything about blood and black lace i i think between the two films that we watched today uh this is definitely my favorite not to say like i didn't like black sunday um um you know it's it's different and it's also it's also like bava still find his roots like like i said before 
Blood and Black Lace feels more mature. Uh, I love like the the sheer sensationalism and like the the the, the shore and the schlock factor. Like I loved like like uh, and I was genuinely surprised at like the the kills too. Like there's a lot of creative kills like like the 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 furnace burn kill or like being impaled with the hook um, in the face. Um, and I I. You, I love a good mystery. I lo- I really lo- I, and so it was really fun, like seeing, like trying to piece together, like oh, like because like the the film the film drops so many red herrings, and I I just loved the the act or the third act reveal where there's not one t- one killer but two killers. You know, shout outs to Scream, but also I I just also love like at the end. Um, the film ends like in like this Greek tragedy where like everyone dies, no one gets away with it. There's no happy ending, and like it's like it, the, that was like a really bold ending where like like um, the two lovers just die over each other, and it's not like oh oh, but wait, like a cliffhanger ending that you see in so many American slashes today. But wait, the killer's still alive. No, everyone's dead, and everyone's and it's like it's it's sad and depressing and tragic, and I love it. It's like that's a very bold ending, and I'm glad that Baba chose that. Um, and like and just the the movie was just so I, I, it's like dialectic. It's like it's so dark and grim, but at the same time, like it's so colorful and rich. Uh, and I I love that justification. So I thought it was like a very good synthesis of like wildly different elements that just work together well now we're just gonna have to keep going since you enjoyed all of this so much we just we have to keep going with more italian horror we will i we're gonna get back to bava i will sprinkle him into the docket for like everything else that we have in the queue but from here we're we're gonna jump into argento we're gonna start suspiria and I really wanted to take the time to, like, have that be its own episode. I also wanted to knock out the the Mother's Trilogy, as it were, after that, so that we didn't have to, like, talk about it ever again. Um, not that I have an issue with it. I should preface that with um, the last movie in the trilogy. I remember watching the beginning... And never finishing the movie. There was something in the be, and I can't remember what it is, but there was something in the mo- in the beginning of the movie that affected me enough that I never finished it, and I never wanted to watch it ever again. Well, it may I don't think for me in the back of my brain because I'm having trouble remembering what it was. For me, it means that it was something that traumatized me, not that it was bad. So like I don't know what that is. It had, I'm sure, I'm almost certain that it has something to do with teeth or fingernails or something that I just personally makes my skin crawl that like I won't be able to sit through. Not because it's bad. Um, But that movie I think also was made in like 2007 or 2008. So it's Suspiria, Inferno, and then Mother of Tears was made much further after that. That is, you know. And then eventually we'll, you know, cover the remake and see how that, because I still haven't seen it. I was saving it for when we covered Suspiria and we'll do a whole thing with it. But I have been terrified for three years to show Chris any Italian horror movies because I was so afraid he was going to hate it. Yeah, because like you, we've had so many conversations. We're like, I really want you to like this. It's like, okay. 
I do. I really did. But you I know was, me, right? I have such so trash different. taste in general. But <laughs> you do, but it's 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 because you do. I love you, but you do. Um, but it's in the best way possible. Don't come at me like I'm trashing my co-host. He he said yes, it. Yes, I do have trash it's, taste. But it's one of those <laughs> I, I fully admit it. In some, in some, it depends. In some things, like there are some things that you love, where I'm like, how, and vice versa. I can hate watch Blair Witch Two for the rest of my life, and you could not. I no, never again. I mean, so like, look, leading leading up to this. I'm wondering because we 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 talked about it before. I don't know if you've watched Mad God yet. No, I still haven't. Have Mad I God? Because like <laughs> I, I feel like this is one of those things where like that could have been it could have been like a like a, a, a true tangible possibility where I watched both of these films and hated it, even though like even though the the their their impact on like all of horror. I could definitely see it now. Oh yeah, but I I don't know. <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm I, I I am legitimately glad that I like these films and and I didn't break your heart. I am ecstatic. I'm I'm ecstatic. It just it 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 gives way to so many other. It's just like it's a whole other genre, like subgenre of horror that I think it's overlooked, except for the big ones. Which would be Blood and Black Lace, which is Bay of Blood, which is Suspiria. Like, those are, like, the big titles of uh, Italian giallo movies. And uh, I think that starting with something like Black Sunday and Blood and Black Lace, starting on that level, and then working our way towards other things, I think the fact that you liked both of those, at the very least, solidifies the fact that you like Bava, which means we can cover more Bava movies. Yeah. Everything about Italian horror, I feel like you can see in modern horror films. And I, I'm i tempted to wait on saying this, but I feel like I need to now that we're like talking about it. When I said earlier when we started recording that there is an argument to be made that we have already seen modern giallo, like American giallo movies... Um, the two movies that have been dropped constantly as a reference to the modern American giallo are Malignant and Last Night in Soho. I was just about to say that. I was like, I'm, because as I'm running through it, like, yeah, you know what? Last Night in Soho does does seem like a, but I'm glad you, you voiced that. Because like, well, yeah, no, but like. A hundred percent. Last night in Soho is like now that I, now knowing what I know now, like yeah, a hundred percent. Like, have you watched it yet? Mm-mm. Oh my god, I loved it. I loved it so much. We need to talk about it. I have seen one clip from it, and because I don't want to watch any other clips and spoil the rest of the movie for myself, because I remember seeing the trailer and being very affected by it, being like, why is this? I had the same reaction. I was like, this feels like very Italian horror. I'm going to dig this no matter what. The only clip I've seen from this movie, obviously taken completely out of context, I have no idea what's happening, is the puppet on a string segment. And I've never watched the full clip. I just watched the performance part of Uh, it. I saw, like, part of what happens next. It's be... Uh, why... Why... Hold on. Oh, this scene. Yes. So okay. Seen, yes, 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 I've yes, seen yes. Okay. that clip. I've seen that clip in its entirety, like the mirror, the whole nine. 
I've seen all of that and I do want to sit down and watch the movie. It's just a question of which one I watch first. Do I watch Last Night in Soho first or do I watch Mad God first? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I am very happy. Like, like I, I will say this. I'm such a huge Edgar Wright stan. I will. I would happily you know, talk for like two hours about Last Night in Soho. Why like, do I think that if I never watched Mad God, you would be fine with it? Can you imagine if I watched it and I loved it? We would have to do an episode. Oh, we, we are, we are, we are obligated to because like the mm, the hot the, the the spilt tea, the hot takes. Yes, we have to do it. But like, I I, I I'm not emotionally ready to watch Mad God again. Or at least finish it. Chris, I would never I would never make you finish it. You would just have to go off of whatever your feelings were. I couldn't I couldn't ask you to do that again. Because you had such a visceral reaction to it. You spent uh, I spent actual money. I, I, went, I went to the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, see that I don't know why you did that, because it came out on Shudder at the same time that it was out in the theater. Because I thought I would like uh, it. Okay. I thought I would like it. I was seeing the big screen and it was like no, I didn't. I, yeah. <laughs> I regret. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Mistakes were made. That's how I felt about the Black Phone. I wanted to see Black Phone in theaters so bad because I felt that it deserved a big screen. And I was right. And I'm ready to buy it. I think it's actually out and ready for me to buy. So I'm going to do it. I still haven't watched it yet. I, uh, I need to, like, life is so busy right now. Yeah, but yeah, I, I will. I yeah. really, we I really will, enjoyed it. We will get around We're to it. We will get around to all of that. Um, that being said, Welcome to Italian Horror. Welcome yeah, to I enjoyed it. The saturated color and very, very overly dramatic sensationalism of this entire genre. It is it is sex and violence and mystery. That's that's what this is. That's last night that's last night in Soho to a T. I'm like there's there's a there's a clip there's a clip play in the background and like I'm seeing all the crazy stark colors and like like I I know the plot of the film like okay I'm very excited to yeah to talk about last night in Soho because that's yeah I I wanna I wanna keep going down this this whole road but then I would love to. After doing all of this, like getting a couple of more Italian horror films under our belt, I would love to do, especially as a as a contrast because it's American made, I would love to do an episode on Last Night in Soho again because it's American made. And also, like Edgar Wright hasn't done that many horror films. Like this is, I mean, like this is Edgar Wright's first, like horror horror film. Like like I love Shaun of the Dead. But like that's you know that it's it's also a very playful movie, so it it, ta- it, ta- it takes the piss a lot out of out of like the, the horror. But like so like when I watched it in theaters, like I was shook at how like good it was. I'm excited to watch it at some point. I like I said, I just keep rewatching that one clip because I don't. It's the only one that I've seen that I like let myself watch. I don't remember how it like popped up, but it just like, I think I was listening to something on YouTube and then all of a sudden it like came up in the background and I said, what the fuck is this? Realized what it was and I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll watch the clip and then I'm not going to move on because I, I want to actually watch the movie. I didn't want it to get spoiled. I think that, that, that clip in particular is, you know, um, it's, it's definitely like a weird trippy scene, uh, but I don't think it, I don't think it gives away 
too much. So you're you're pretty in the clear. Out of context, it's just like it's a, it's very bizarre. It's like imagining imagine seeing the 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 furnace scene from Black Sunday or the bathtub scene out of context. Like that's what that sort of feels like to me. It's very like disjointed and weird and trippy. I think I think the best way to go to the Soho is to go into it blind. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that is the same way that I would suggest anybody who really wants to, who's maybe thought about watching Italian horror uh, and not really knowing how to start, where to start, go in blind. Um, I think it's the best way to sort of immerse yourself into the world. It's your best way to sort of absorb everything. Instead of, instead of sort of like checking things off of a list, you're experiencing it for the first time. And I think that that is... That is not important, but that's the most fun. How would you rate both of these movies? I would say five out of five mannequins for Blood of Black Lace. Like, I really enjoy that film. Good. Yay. Good. (laughs) I just liked, like, the visuals and, like, the 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 mystery element and like i you know like the, the fact that this is an italian and and like i love like I, again i don't have an ear for it but i just liked hearing the italian and i liked i just i thought it's i thought it's it's just i i love horror i i, I love watching stuff in subtitles i love like listening to like my favorite movies in like japanese or russian or some random language just to see how it falls on the ears and just like the italian she's like it's it's great it's cool and uh, i really enjoyed it and like you know and there's like certain scenes or like like where the shots are like so bizarre it's surreal but like very artful and like like um like this was one scene i was i i remember texting rye about it where it was one of the gentlemen i think it was the one who has like a drug addiction or he has like epilepsy and he's taking a phone call and there's a shot where he's, he's tracking him and he goes behind a screen. You can only see a silhouette. And then in front of the screen, as you, as you see a shadow moving around, like talking on the phone, you just see that this weird mannequin statue just pointing. And I don't know why. It's just, it just looked so interesting. And like it, it felt like it felt like like a piece of like modern pop art. Uh, and, uh, and a lot of the film felt that way where like, if, if you just took a snapshot, uh, even of the murder scene, it's just framed in like this very trippy and, uh, visually interesting, highly colored, um, like composition. And I know all that's purposeful. And like, so, um, I think, I don't know. I think the story is. I, I think I think the characters are pretty basic. I think the story was interesting enough where it always kept me guessing. I didn't really like. I had some suspicions, but I, I honestly didn't know who the killers were at the end. So like, I love being surprised. Uh, I I don't. Um, you know, I think we've this has happened before where we're like Variety instantly called the killer at the end of certain movies, and like we they the movies telegraphed it so heavy on. I didn't feel that way for this movie. Um, and I, I love a good mystery. Like, give me, give me more knives out. Give me another clue. You know, like, like give me more Agatha Christie. You know, adaptations. Like, that's what's that. That's what. That's what I. My brain craves that because, like, I, I feel like 
I'm not clever enough to make my own murder mystery, especially with, like, Dungeons and Dragons. So, like, I like to feel smart or I like to feel surprised, you know, what, at least, you know, you know, when I'm consuming a piece of mystery film. So, Yay! Yeah, and, like, the gore, the schlock factor, it's there in spades. So, like, I was very pleasantly surprised at how far some of these kills went. At the very least, I thought that if you hated the plot of the movie, because let's be honest, they're, they're really... It's not that there isn't one, but it's not the central point of Italian horror. At the very least, if you couldn't get behind the story, you could get behind that part of it. And I knew if I had you on some part of it that you could enjoy, we could keep watching these. I'm, I don't think you guys understand how excited I am that Chris actually enjoyed these movies. I'm so happy! <laughs> Yeah, because like, like, cause you've been like hyping it up, like, or like a thousand disclaimers. I've been trying really hard not to hype it up, but just like, I can't, I, I can't contain my excitement over Italian horror. What if it was Italian horrors all like Mad God, Rye? What if I hated it? Which is the end of the podcast right now. <laughs> I would have, I might've cried. You might've heard like actual tears being shed. I might've cried. I don't know what I would have done. I'm really happy you enjoyed it. I'm excited. Static. This is kind of how I feel about me trying to convince you to watch Mad Max Fury Road for like six years. <laughs> it did. It was about, I think it was about four or five uh, years before I actually watched it. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I loved it. Yes. Yes. But it took me like five years to actually. It also took me like, like, I had to get back up. Like Sarah, our friend Sarah, had to convince you to I, watch it. Too, yeah, too. I watched it. It was Tom's idea. But I remember I, I I picked, like, a nothing shot. And I sent a picture of it to Chris. And I said, what am I watching? And he was like, Mad Max Fury Road! And I was like, what? Amazing. Amazing. So happy. I think I made his night. You yeah. made my night with this. This was... Oh, I'm glad. I, I'm, so, I'm so happy. I'm very that glad. You, that I know like, how anxious on pins and needles you were. It's like, okay. Because... Because when I really like something, especially something that I've seen like time and time again, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen these movies, but it's especially when it's something that I've seen time and time again, if I'm showing it to Chris for the first time, I've, there is something in my body that like needs him to love it or else I feel like a little part of me just like crumbles and dies like dust. I try to remember like what other films that I didn't, dis did, did not like that I broke your heart over. Wait, what, maybe like, was it Chiller? The one with the Art the Clown? Like, uh, yeah. I yeah, remember hating Art the Clown. Like, I don't you like this for some reason. You Terrifier. You <laughs> or Terrifier, that's right. Yes. And I was like, no! no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Oh, so let's get back on track. Uh, so, like, five out of five for um, for Blood and Black Lace. Like, excellent film. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Black Sunday, um, I will give it, you know, like, a four. Four witches out of five. Because, like, I do love gothic horror, so I am, like, predisposed and have a bias toward that. Um, uh, but I, I, I thought, like, the sort of world building and lore they were building up to was very interesting um something i haven't really seen before in other vampire films or um now that i'm thinking about it um you know um 
I'm wondering. I, I, I'm having this is a completely random thought. I started randomly watching the new Hellboy, uh, the one by David Harbour or with David Harbour, um, the one that came out like what 2019 or 2020. Um, and then uh, what's her name? Is it oh Mila jo- 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 uh, Mila Jovovich? Uh, she plays the, the the main villain. She's also a witch, and I got like vibes of her based on the main villain of Black Sunday, um, which uh, which is a cool cool thing. I thought she, I thought she was a pretty cool villain. I thought that you know, it, it, it's one of those like che- chewing the scenery type of villains, and I do have a soft spot for those because again, trash taste. Um, and I do love like the practical effects, um, like that one shot where you re- you see uh, the princess like trying to deceive Anj at the end, and like she op- like you see it like underneath her blouse is all like rotting skeleton and zombie stuff. Like oh, that was awesome. Um, but there was also some things where like like they took me out a bit, like like that that anecdote where like there's that one fight scene where there's, like, absolutely no music and no sound effects, and it felt very jarring, so I don't know if that was just... They just ran out of money, or they just didn't... Ha- they, they had to put the budget somewhere else. But that, those are very small nitpickings. In general, I, I really enjoyed Black Sunday. Um, I think it was just a very... I think it's, like, a unique take on Gothicore that I haven't really seen before. Uh, I would not change any part of Chris's readings. I fully agree with them. Um, four out of five for Black Sunday and five out of five for Blood and Black Lace. Uh, I, I can't not rate, uh, a genre defining film as anything higher than a five. I mean, I could go six out of five, but that's really, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you like this. I'm so excited. We're on the Italian horror trail now, guys. Like, this is it. Yeah. Let's fucking go. I'm so excited. Let's go. So, so what's next on the docket? What can we look forward to next time? So next time we're going to dive right into Suspiria from this. Now that we're sort of, now that you're in it, we're going to, we're going to go right from this to Suspiria, which is not a Mario Bava movie. It's a uh, Dario Argento movie. And we're going to cover the trilogy, uh, the Suspiria trilogy uh, in full. Um, And then we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to, do you ever after that world is our oyster we would have covered the the argento trilogy we've now dipped our toes and dove straight into italian horror after that i'm thinking i'm thinking uh kill baby kill and and a bay of blood for you is what i'm thinking again knowing that a bay of blood is bava's most violent movie <laughs> is it his most violent but also his magnum opus or is that this film no, it's his most, it's his most violent. I would have to, I would have to do just like a smidge of research as to what I think people consider his magnum opus to be. It could very well be uh, something I haven't even mentioned yet. So uh, I'll, I will do that and I will bring it up next time. Well, we're just, we're just starting the, the Giallo world tour. So we have, we have, we have plenty of time. We're, yeah, exactly. We are just... We are just starting this. I'm just, I'm so excited that we can like actually start it now that I've sort hey. of like broken you into it. Good and, shit. And we're good just, shit. We're good. We're rolling. I'm good. I'm so excited. On that note. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Love for Dread. Our amazing new cover art is by Liz and Hootie. Our intro and outro music is from Pandemic Sound. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify every other Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook, and you can check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. And finally, 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 don't forget to check out our merch at tpublic.com. The link is in our bio. And uh, thank you for listening. And don't forget, stay, stay dreadful! dreadful. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no!